Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio on the world. What's up, Steve? It is Vegas Vince. It is sales marketing behind the eight ball. And we're continuing on with the legend. I told you I was going to bring it because at any time I can pull the plug in this show. So learn to love it. Because once it's gone, there'll never be another one. We got the legendary Ron Douglas in the house tonight. I'm really excited about this show. I've talked to you people on numerous occasions about the power of the media. And we got one of the best in the world at exploiting it ethically to the tune of millions of dollars. And he's going to share a lot of information with you. It's going to be a great show. Thank you, Ben. Back at you in a second. This theme music must we want to keep playing. There it goes. <laughs> Is it still playing? Wow. Yeah, here. Somebody stop me. Hold on a second. I'm. There we go. The ghost of Bambi Woods. I sort of got cheese in my computer. What's up, peeps? Vegas Vince. It is, it is colder than a you know what here in, in sunny Florida. I know Ron's up there in friggin' New York, so he's used to it. But uh, this is going to be an incredible show. Um, I'm going to try as I'm going to try to do my Larry King act tonight because you guys know I am not the greatest interviewer in the world. So I'm going to try to keep my yap shut for the haters out there. And by the way, for those of you who have haters, um, like Cat Williams said, if you don't have at least seven, you're doing something wrong. So go get a few more. Um, so, you know, that's my spin on the haters. My show still goes top five if I did one on knitting. So, you know, whatever. Anyway, I have uh, one of the one of the most powerful and underutilized mediums of promotion uh, for just about anything. It's almost a lost art. I mean, you know, we're going back to P.T. Barnum. I mean, he's one of the guys I studied who really had it down, is the um, utilization of the media, who on many occasions I've used, I've, you know, used the term, is more than willing to make you rich and famous if you know how the game is played. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about that with a guy who actually has done it, and I mean on a grand scale. And... 
it doesn't require a degree in rocket science. And the credibility and the residual effects and the authority that's established when the media jumps all over your project, be it a, you know, be it your band, be it your book, whatever it is, um, it's 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 got a re, it's got a residual effect that's just incredible and snowballs. And one of the very best in the world is the gentleman I have on here, and um, Ron Douglas. And brother, I am really excited. I'm not going to spend a lot of t- your bio. I'm going to talk to you about it, but uh, Ron's a stay-at-home full-time dad slash entrepreneur he's actually living the dream um best-selling author um has a case study up there we'll give you the link for that uh it basically shows where he's generated nearly six million dollars in free press i think he's been on um the home shopping network uh multiple times like five and trust me folks it's tough enough to get on once they bring you back five times you're selling a ton of jack so this guy knows what he's doing, and it's, it's going to be a great case study for all of you who are in the Internet marketing world, wondering why your book on bumblebees and why they bumble doesn't sell. And it's also applicable to anybody who is looking to get rich and famous in America because we are living in a society today where media, unlike the old days where you had Walter Cronkite and four stations, we've got media that has to run 24 7 365 and they're always looking for a story unfortunately most of you screw it up and you make it about you and nobody cares um that's the difference that you know ron had a hook he took a book and went to town with it and i'm going to leave that as my intro but i thought that was pretty good what's up brother how are you doing hey Vince, man that's an awesome intro i really appreciate that bro Hey, no problem. Just, uh, I'll try. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting up there. By the way, I want to say uh, thanks to everybody at Practical Profits in Orlando. I got to meet the legendary James J. Jones. Uh, who else did I see? Uh, uh, Sam England, Brian Zimmerman. I saw a whole bunch of people that knew me and I probably hadn't seen before. And uh, I had a, a fairly attractive young lady with me who could only hang for a couple hours. And so I, I unfortunately miss Rachel Rofe, and uh, all I can say is uh, two margaritas uh, was $38 worth the tip, so you'd have to make a lot of money to hang out at that joint for more than a couple rounds. But uh, unfortunately, Ron was the only good guy in the bunch. Well, everybody's getting sloshed at the bar. He's out with the wife having dinner. So you're a class act, dude. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I'm sorry I missed you down there, man. I was actually asking about you. And uh, when I came back, I must have met you by about 20 minutes. And Sam England, he was saying, uh, yeah, Vinny was here. He had this hot chick with him. And <laughs> yeah, we got a picture. We got a picture. We got a picture with James. He was like, the, it was all about the girl. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, it was. No, no, no. They, they, I, I think they were all coming up to me to look at the girl. I think <laughs> I, I think it was all a, an act. So it's like, uh, let's just use him as an excuse to check out the Italian girl. Anyway. The cool thing, let's let's kind of, you know, in order to kind of figure out where we are now, let's start at the beginning a little bit with you. You, um, let's talk about, it, it, this, we could go a hundred directions, but let's, what, give us a brief background of your background, kind of how you started, what you originally did, and then we're going to get into the part, part where you uh, started out in internet marketing, 
and then made the transition with the power of free press. But just so everybody has a little background on you. Right. Well, from the beginning, let's see how far back do I go here. Uh, before internet marketing, you know, I was uh, a finance guy. I was uh, working on Wall Street. I had, uh, went and got my MBA. I was working for J.P. Morgan. And, uh, but I was always an entrepreneur at heart, so I felt like I was kind of stuck in a corporate environment as a temporary solution just to pay the bills until I figured this uh, you know, entrepreneurial thing out. And um, I was really uh, introduced to uh, Internet marketing, email marketing, through a friend that I met in grad school who graduated and got a job for a company that what they did was they pretty much just spammed the uh, email list to promote cell phones for AT&T and MCI. So he That's back when it was legal spam, too, right? Yeah, yeah. This is back uh, 2001. So this is what oh, he, okay, cool. his company was doing. And he introduced me to email marketing. I couldn't really believe that you could actually make money that way. You know, I, I saw you know I saw emails in my inbox all the time, but I didn't think people were really making money that way. But he got he was in charge of handling all the complaints. So he introduced yeah. me to all that and told me what he did. And I was kind of like, well, this would be cool if you could uh, – get people actually interested into uh, opening your emails and not, not send out spam. So that was my mission, to find some way to build an email list. So I started, uh, started out as an affiliate promoting products, all different products on ClickBank mostly. So you started so, out as ClickBank, and that's interesting you say building a list because at the time you're talking about, I mean, now everybody says, oh, you've got to have the list, the list, the list, but this is something you kind of figured out almost, it seems like, on your own. Yeah, yeah, I was well. I was introduced to the game that way, as the right. power of the email list. So that's how I came in with that mindset. Like I got to build a list, and uh, and I started promoting ClickBank products, trying to build a list and then redirect them to different products to uh, to offset some of my costs. Right. And, uh, how were you promoting the ClickBank product? I mean, how were you were you doing um, AdWords? Were you doing what what were you doing? Because I'm guessing, and I don't know how successful you were either. I mean, give us a little information on that back in the day. I wasn't very successful. I mean, I was just starting out, trying to figure things out. I was doing a little bit right. of AdWords, a little bit of you know placing ads in uh, different classified sections of small local newspapers. I was just trying to find any way that I could uh, you know build a list and get some cheap traffic at the time sure so eventually okay. i figured out that uh the real money was in having your own product and having other people promoting for you instead of you, you know leveraging their efforts instead of you trying to do it all by yourself so i started trying to find a product to put on clickbank you know just like a lot of people out there now just you know looking for something that's, that's going to sell something that affiliates are going to promote that's what i was doing back in 2001 2002 well, that's a key point you bring up too. Um, I've only, uh, you know, I'm not. I don't consider myself an internet marketer. I've only got two products, but it's funny. I mean, I've got guys like Jim Straw promoting one of them, and it's funny because he'll sell more of my product than I will sell of my own. And uh, that is, you make a good point when you reach the point where you can have these guys, where you get relationships with guys like even James J. Jones, who has just got a massive list. I mean, the leverage that comes from that is incredible, and you can't, you know. I can't get up and, you know, you or I couldn't get on and do, I know you did a webinar with him too, if, you know, promoting someone else's product, it's got to be yours. And um, that's the key. And then you take advantage of that massive following, and it, it, the leverage is the key word I think you're hitting on. Um, at some point, where did we start coming up with the book idea? Was that, where, where did we hit, where did we first start getting into the home run here? You're you're doing the ClickBank stuff. 
um, you're starting out. What's the next, you know, step here that uh, occurred? Well, I guess the first product I put out was um, an interview product. I interviewed a bunch of different uh, Internet marketers. And I was like, just like a lot of people, I was trying to make money in the Internet marketing niche, selling Internet marketing information. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I was studying. That's what I I knew, you know, and that's what I was into. So I interviewed a bunch of experts, uh, Rosen Gardner, Holly Carter, um, Carlos Garcia, people like that. Wow. Put together a product. This was maybe 2002 now. Rosalind Gardner, uh, Rosalind is was big big time affiliate. Mark still is, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. This was before she's one of the big really players. I big, you know. I was able to get an interview with her. She's a really nice lady. Yeah, um, I, I, I I've gotten some, uh, some um, information from her. I I've heard some things about her as far as being a pretty big player in the game. Okay, so at that point, that and that's kind of interesting because that's another another way to do it. I mean, that's usually. Um, Actually, I think I first. Actually, it's a pretty simple technique, but uh, I think Jason uh, Flatland, who I got on next week, uh, that's one of the things he mentions. He, uh, you know, find a subject, interview, you know, the experts seven or eight, and then turn around and have them promote it. And you know, it was so simple. And I'm listening to this, and I'm kind of laughing. I said, you know, it's not a half bad idea for somebody starting out. I mean, it's a good way to create a product. Uh, yeah, you know, you know the people that are that you interview are inclined to actually promote it because they're part of it. You know? Right, they got a vested interest in it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Another thing you could do is just straight up give them resale rights to it or 100% profits if they promote it as an affiliate, just to build your own email list. You know, that's what a lot of people are doing these days. But it's probably the easiest way to break in if you're you're a newbie, you know, and get your name out. Absolutely. There. Yeah. And unfortunately, too many newbies want to make that first big score, so they wouldn't. You know, they, they, the the thought of doing that just, I mean, wouldn't it just wouldn't even cross their mind. It's like I give it away. I mean, it, it's like the word loss leader doesn't you know come into the equation for some people. But what Ron is trying to basically say is, um, you know, and any of you guys from Osm's We Build Empires, I know I got a lot of you listening, know exactly what we're talking about. Um, as far as like when he talks about leads, um, some people pay sixteen dollars. Um, you need three to convert, and blah blah blah. He'll come in and pay a hundred dollars lead. Why? Because he crushes the market. He prioritizes the market, and you know this is the same spin. In other words, sometimes you've got to uh, look at the big picture, and the value of the list is far more valuable than the little kibbles and bits you may make on the product. You build a list up fast, and if you have a quality product, the people will come back to you and then spend money. So I think that's a great, that's a great tip. And also, um, also, the other part to that is you could actually write in, in the book yourself. Like if you're doing an e-book that's based on interviews from experts, you could put your name alongside their name as one of the authors of the, uh, the e-book or the interview series or whatever format you're using. And it makes you seem like you're a player as well. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's one of the reasons I do the show. I mean, you know, I get guys like you on here. I get, you know, James J. Jones been on three times. That's what people understand. I call it the Larry King uh, effect um, or even the Oprah effect. There are people that are, get famous just by interviewing famous people. I mean, like, I mean, let's be honest, Larry King wasn't exactly, the, you know, he was famous basically for always having – big-time guests on him. He was not exactly what you'd call the most probing interviewer. He's not going to ask the real, real tough questions, and he shut up and let the guest talk, but eventually he generated his own fame just 
through the association of all the famous people he's around. And when you can leverage and piggyback yourself off people, um, it does have a, a big effect. I mean, you know, that, that's why this show has been so, that's why, you know, I did a product on BTR because it's, it, it's so true. You hang around, it's like, it's like the dumpy girl in high school that hung around with the popular girls <laughs> because she got the residual effect and, you know, the pretty girls, you know, they needed somebody to keep their self-esteem raised high. So it worked out for everybody. But, it, you know, it, it's so true. Um, at what point did we um, – um, so you put this product out, um, and, again, we're talking early 2000s here. So, but you're one of the old-timers. That's, that's, that's interesting because I thought you started a little later than that. That's cool. And that's a kind of a interesting transition from J.P. Morgan to Internet marketing. Uh, okay, what did we, where did we go from there then? So we've, we got the first <laughs> – well, again, you know, you're in – you made the – you probably look back and say – you know, I'm once again selling internet marketing stuff to internet marketers, which unfortunately I'm not sure is the best route for most people to go now. But right, maybe well, it's, a it's a great market if you have credibility and, and right. a track record behind you already. But um, I mean, back then I didn't, and I did. I did okay. I mean, I probably made a couple thousand dollars off of that first product, but it wasn't quit my job money, you know. And I was still right. working there. I actually was working at J.P. Morgan up until 2007. I was doing my internet wow. business uh, part time. All that time, I was uh, I was working. I think you people owe me money. Yeah, I was. I think that company still owes me money. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm. I'm right, anyway. Yeah, I was. I was working there 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and then I would come home and you know work until I passed out of my computer. You know, and then wow. I was on the weekends too on this internet marketing stuff, and it really wasn't work. I think that was the key. It was more like like you're building a treehouse, you know, you got a hammer, sure. you got a nail in your hand, but it's not work, it's like a project, it's like your thing, you know, and then after you finish, you can look back at it and admire what you've accomplished, so that's how I look at, you know, internet marketing and uh, making money online, it's never worked. But you really didn't, so, so you really didn't have like a guru or anybody that you learned, it, it sounds like you had somebody that had some basic understanding, because at that time period, there weren't a ton of gurus, period, I don't even like that word, but... Right. It sounded like, you know, I mean, the the Internet was, you know, the, the whole, what, the, it was a completely different than it is today, obviously. Um, so it really does sound like you just sort of learned through trial and error and, you know, learn what worked and what didn't and just kind of tweaked as you went, which is really pretty impressive when you think about it. Right. Um, I've never had a mentor or anything. You know, I, I just watched what other people were doing, you know. Some of the top and models and some of the underground people also just watching what they were doing, and uh, you know, a place like ClickBank or other places on the web, CJ and you know, Commission Junction right. or Linkshare, you know, all these sites, you can see what the best performing products are, and you can see exactly what they're doing. Sometimes it's better to, you know, just buy somebody's product and see exactly what they're doing than to actually listen to what they're saying all the time. You know, Learn well, you know, I I, I bring up that point a lot with Frank Kern. I say. What people need to start doing, especially in the word from when they start bitching about, oh, Frank's bailing this and this, I said, if you, I said, every launch by a successful one of these, you know, big heavyweights leaves a paper trail. And I said, if you, if you're smart, the next time he launches Mass Control 3 or 4 or whatever the hell it is, if you set, a, set up a separate file on your computer, save everything from the first email to the next video to this, 
And you're basically, that's the secret. He's basically giving you the recipe. Now, granted, there's credibility with that, but I'm saying he's basically, that to me is as valuable, if not more valuable, than the actual product. Yeah, that's that's the $1,000 marketing lesson right there, you know. And, I, and most people don't do it. They'll read the email and then maybe delete it, even if they like it. And I and and I actually tend to find these guys that are very successful. And when I know the launch is coming out, I'll actually go and save every single thing. And then you can go back and try to reverse engineer, and, and you start seeing sim- similarities. And you're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, this guy doing the same thing, and you're seeing and and it's and it's what's working. That's the more important thing. Right. You're actually right. getting a blueprint that's pretty much proven. Right. So, no, that's interesting. I think that's a, a, another good point there. Um, yeah, so, so basically you, you were asking how I got into the whole cooking thing. Well, cooking was always a hobby for me. I'm not a, a chef or anything, but, uh, you know, it was really a hobby. I grew up in a southern uh, family with, with southern roots, and they, they cooked a lot, and I used to help out in the kitchen and stuff. So after uh, – putting out that internet marketing product and it kind of just fell off quick because, you know, usually the shelf life of internet marketing related product is, is, you know, the new stuff comes along and it's flavor of the month. Whatever's new, people flock to and they forget about the old stuff. So it kind of died out and I was like, well, I need an evergreen product, something I'm interested in. So I figured, okay, maybe I'll look for something in the cooking market being that's one of my interests. And I looked in the marketplace and there weren't too many cooking related products. They were like generic, uh, cookbooks that right. you could promote. You know, if you're an affiliate with a, with a site, what are you going to promote in the cooking niche? You know, maybe a cookbook on Amazon, maybe pots and pans, but there's nothing really out there that you could, uh, that had like that wow effect when you when you Well, and, that, and that's what's so amazing about, and by the way, the name of the book, guys, is America's Most Wanted Recipes, but I wanted to interject something real quick. This, this is living proof of the power of the press, because I'm going to tell you something. Their cookbooks are everywhere now. I mean, you. I mean, they got cookbooks. I mean, it's glutted with with stuff, and and it's just one of those. It's one of those things where, unless you're a celebrity or it's like a Martha Stewart or somebody, the fact that you could come in and do what you did in that niche just boggles my mind. I mean, there are certain niches that wouldn't have surprised me as much. I mean, there are some real tight strange niches that are passion-based, but cooking in general is a broad-based thing. And you, and this is where the magic comes in, we're able to put a certain hook, and I want you to, before we get into the PR part, um, you know, obviously this was kind of a hobby. It's it's something that I think that if 99% of the people did it the standard way, it would have failed miserably. I don't think it would have worked. I think you did it the only way it could have been done, and uh, it's just amazing because it's just you don't. In fact, you're the only guy, other than like I said, maybe you know one of these, you know, Rachel Ray's or somebody who's got a cooking show on TV. But I'm talking about as far as just a marketer to come in and do what you did with a cookbook um, is. I don't think there's anybody's ever done it. At least I'm not aware of it. And. And if you want to go ahead and just continue on with the story of, of you know, the, obviously I had some interest in, in the in the cooking, and um, and go from there, right. how the product came to fruition and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think the the moral of the story is I was actually actively seeking opportunities, and I, I knew what 
what the power of uh, the Internet was about and what, what I could do in terms of making money online, and I was actually actively seeking opportunities to find something to promote. So, you know, when your mind is thinking that way, you come up with ideas. You start thinking about stuff. Even in your subconscious, when, when you're sleeping, you know, your mind sure. is working to come up with an idea for you. So eventually I stumbled upon the idea for secret uh, restaurant recipes, copycat restaurant recipes, one day when I was trying to uh, find the recipe for KFC chicken. And, uh, and I said, you know what, this this would be a great idea for an ebook. You know, put together my version of... Uh, you know, copycat restaurant recipes and put it out there on ClickBank and just see what happens. So that's and, and how many? It wasn't. And the funny thing about that is, uh, KFC, of course, had branded itself for years and spent millions of dollars on the secret herbs and spices. How many were there? I always forget. It was. It was eleven. It, 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 eleven. Yeah, the eleven secret herbs. I mean, that was actually what part of their marketing slogan. So you're so you're already taking advantage of somebody who's already spent millions and millions of dollars. It's a brand, right? And and it's like Coke. Everybody wants you know what's the you know they say that the formula is in a you know they they it's 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 uh, you're basically leveraging off a company that everybody's aware of. And it, and I always thought that was cool. The Colonel's eleven you know original herbs and spices and they almost promoted it as a secret. That was like the big thing. And so you're, to me, that was brilliant in itself. I mean, just the concept. Because now you've taken a cooking book and you've done something with it. You've, you've totally repositioned it. Right, right. I, you know, if you look at what I did, I jumped into a, a mass market. You know, people online searching for recipes and cooking-related tips and all that stuff every day, all day. You know, they got to eat. So I, right. I jumped to that mass market and I came up with my own angle. For that mass market that was really attractive because people there was a, a niche already for people looking for copycat recipes, so I just gave a, them a product that they could buy. You know, right and now anybody in that market could promote it. So it was a niche in that sense that nobody else was really fulfilling that need, but anybody in the cooking market could also promote it. So when you find well, a niche, it wasn't a book about market, chicken either. And see, that's the thing. That's the difference. It wasn't a book. There's a million books on how to cook chicken. This, this, that's what I think the point I'm trying to make is the hook here was you're taking in a company that's like an America, you know, institution. It's been around forever. I mean, everybody, you know, KFC's everywhere. The, the, the ads are, you know, they're running ads all the time. It's something everybody grew up with and knows. And instead of coming out with something generic, trying to be something to everybody, you niched it down and created something that just it wasn't there. I mean, there was obviously cooking books and, and, and related products, but there was nothing like this. So I think one of the lessons here, number one, is you've got to have, I don't think you can be everything to everybody. Even if you're in a broad, a lot of these broad niches can be broken down, like fishing. You know, fishing broad, trout fishing is, you know, a little tighter, and then you get into fly fishing for trout. And I think what you did was put a hook that was, well, we know what the results were because, you know, and you're going to talk about that, what happened next. But So you put this together. Originally, this was an e-book, and it was, was it, when you say copycat, was it just on, you basically came, I'm not going to ask you, uh, well, I, maybe I will, but was this basically just on the the, um, the secret behind the, the KFC recipe originally? No, it wasn't just that. It was a bunch of restaurants, you know, Olive Garden, Red Lobster, uh, Cheesecake Factory, just copycat recipes 
for popular chain restaurant dishes. And I started out with just 12 of them, you know. Just Can my, I ask how you, you know, did your research? Testing, trial and error. Can I ask how you did your research? Because I'm sure there were, or you, you don't have to answer that. I'm just curious how you went out and, and discovered the information. Right. Well, I mean, there were people online that were actually trying to crack these recipes already, and they would post their results in different uh, message boards and whatnot. So you I know, got you. sometimes I would have like uh, something to start with in terms of what they've already tried, and then I would add spices and different combinations to it and different cooking techniques to it and, and come up with my own version of these uh, recipes. Oh, but so you actually got in the kitchen and pretty much matched this up yourself, I mean, based on the information you were gathering from different places. Yeah, yeah, it became a hobby. Wow! You know, between me and uh, me and my wife and and you know a couple of friends, we were actually out there trying to come up with recipes that taste just like it. I mean, the other the other way you could do it is actually go to the restaurant and uh, ask them for the ingredients. You know, tell them that you know my wife had, had food allergies, you know, which, which is true. That's a was, great. Well, yeah, but that's a great that's allergies. a great way of going about it. Yeah, can can you tell me what the ingredients are? And once you have the ingredients, you can look at a similar. Uh, recipe for the instructions to see how they put it together and use the same ingredient combinations, but with the different with the instructions as from a similar recipe. Sure. So, so I think again with KFC, they marketed. That was one of their marketing. I mean, that really was part of their marketing for years. Was the secret, of, you know, eleven herbs and spices. So they they were actually using that. Um, you know, that was integrated very heavily at one point in their marketing. So with the KFC, it doesn't surprise me if you were able to, you know, reverse engineer that and, and get and, and create that, that people would jump all over it. I mean, I love KFC. I, I mean, that, that, and, you know, everybody wonders, you know, what are, what are they? Is You know, you know, it, it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it was a big story, but that didn't happen until the big story with the meat in the media didn't actually happen until 2009. So back, you know, back in 2003, I still had this ebook. I was on, I put it on ClickBank, created a web page for it, and How I do really there? think it was going to sell well. Actually, I was just putting it out there just to see what happened. That was my thing. I was just throwing a bunch of things against the wall. See what stuck, see what right? And this one really stuck, and affiliates started promoting it, and I started building an email list from the traffic that they were sending me. I started actively recruiting other affiliates and uh, different food sites and telling them about my. You know, ebook and how it converts well, and how you know it's something different that they could make money from, other than just promoting generic cooking stuff. So it really caught on because of that, and it was nothing like it on ClickBank at the time, and uh, became number one in the cooking category on ClickBank, and it's been there since 2004. Wow! See, now I wasn't even aware of that part of it. I didn't know that you'd started out. For some reason, I thought this went straight to that's very that's interesting. So you were making now what? At what point did we? At what point were you um, generating enough income? Um, I mean, I assume you were getting quite a few affiliates uh, promoting this. So at what point did you say, hey, the hell with J.P. Morgan? Well, that's a funny story. I mean, I uh, didn't leave J.P. Morgan until 2007. I didn't leave the right. world until 2007. I was just kind of stacking my paper, man. I had, uh, I was married, right. I had a kid, and uh, bought a house. And I was actually making as much from my internet marketing venture as I was from from my job. So wow. Every every day I would uh I had this post-it note on in my uh in my office that said January 2008. And that was the day I was going to leave the job and and do my own thing, you know, no matter what. 
that was the day. And then they, they actually let me go a little bit early. In July of 2007, they uh, laid me off, and it was the best thing that ever happened, man. I mean, absolutely I took off after that. I ended up getting a book deal for, uh, you know, my cookbooks, and uh, it became a New York Times bestseller. And things doors right, and we're jumping ahead because I want to get to that because uh, this, it, it, what's amazing about this is you have really milked this one product. You, I mean, it, you don't crank. I mean, it's sort of. I mean, like I said, I don't consider. I do more offline stuff, but you're not one of these guys that cranks a product out every week. And this is what's so. I think what people need to understand that you know, we're going to get into this about the power of the press because I think you'll agree with me. I am just stunned at how underutilized. You know, people slap together some me-centered press release and put it up on PR Web and. And they don't get the results, and they and they, and they and they have no clue. And where did you, you know, you've got the book out; it's done well. At what point did you figure out? Um, because you've you've generated. I mean, I, I I'll we'll list your page up there where people. Can, I've actually linked it up on my. You guys can see it on if you go to my show page. There's a link, and on my blog, there's a link um, that really goes through it. But you've generated. You know, nearly six million dollars in free advertising from the media, and I mean that's just incredible. And again, it sounds like it's basically, unless I'm missing something, I'm sure you've now later now because of your success have done, gone on done consulting and other things. But this was not, this was basically one product we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I can see how it looks that way from the outside, just one, you know, one cooking ebook. But that that one cooking ebook, you know, ended right. up bringing me an email list of over 220,000 people in the cooking niche. You know, I built a, a recipe community on the on that same website just by promoting it to my email list, and I get a you know, steady advertising money in from that recipe community. is over 110,000 members, 117,000, I think, on that community. So that wow. website, it really has several different uh, uh, products, like money streams, not just like e-books, information products, but kind of like uh, revenue streams coming in from that one. Right, but all based off, really, yeah, that's my point. You've got all these income streams, but it's, uh, my, I guess my point is a lot of people out there think they've got to crank out 100 websites or 100 different e-books or this. And what I'm trying to get across to people is basically you've created an empire off one main kind of niche product that has numerous splinters, um, a.k.a. revenue streams coming off it. Would right. I be correct? Yeah. yeah. You know, just the main thing was building a list, to be honest. I mean, you have your list. Right. I, I promote for other people. I promote affiliate products. I have a membership site from that site. So, you know, it's a bunch of different things that I do with that traffic and, and with that email list. But, yeah, it started out with that one main evergreen product that really caught on like crazy. It's it's really it's, it's really amazing. All right. Yeah. You at some point, where did where did we? I, I've I've said this to everybody on numerous occasions, but it's good to have you on because I know a lot of people can't relate when I talk because I, a lot of times they talk. I mean, I used to do things like, you know, there was a certain business in town that we couldn't get advertised in the paper. It was a uh, gentleman's club, and you know, the idea I had at the time was to go out and actually hire picketers to say we don't want this in our town. And I can tell you that the 6 o'clock news showed up at no charge. 
Right. And that that that's that you can't you can't put a dollar value on it. And needless to, to say, uh, they never had to advertise again because that was basically it. They knew they were on the map. They were there, um, and they couldn't get it. You know, mainstream advertising wouldn't accept them anyway. It was pretty. I'm amazed they even zoned the, the club there, but. You actually have done this offline. Uh, what, where did you finally? Where did you come up with this way of figuring out that the media? And I've, I tell people this all the time: they will make you rich and famous if you go about it in the right way. And I think where most people fail, and you you, you give me your spin, is they have to. And it sounds harsh, but the press really doesn't care about you. It's got to be something newsworthy with a hook that interests their audience. Uh-huh. And if you can't put that together, you're going to have a tough, you know, that's the people who say, oh, it doesn't work. When it does work, what you have done is there is no better credibility because a paid ad is a paid ad. When someone in the New York Times or, you know, you appear on Fox or People or, uh, the show, all the various media, and you, you crack mainstream media, by the way. Um, that's credibility that you, I mean, you know, I was going to say you can't really put a dollar amount on, but in this case, you know, we're talking, we want, you know, 5.8 million or more, or whatever it is, ungodly amount of money if you had to pay for it. But it also established you as an authority. Because, you know, like Dan Kennedy said, the guy who writes the book is the expert. The guy on TV is a celebrity, whether it's right or wrong. That's kind of the way the public views people. And how did you, or at what stage did you start determining, or was this something you set out to do, or did the press come to you, or was this kind of a a campaign that you one day sat down and said, you know what, I think I got something here. I'm going to start working and seeing if I get some media attention. Right. Well, you know, eventually the e-book became a physical cookbook, and we sold those, and uh, we had sold over 50 thousand copies between the ebook and the uh, physical cookbook and uh we uh, you know one day I, I met a guy um he's a publicist he was actually mike dosane's publicist at the time i hear you've got one of the biggest in the world I've, I've heard i don't know his name but I, I i've been told you've got one of the better <laughs> publicists out there yeah i won't promote him at this point because we kind of have that's okay out recently to be honest with you but okay he, he, he was huge for me at, at the time and, uh, you know, I was talking to him. He was doing PR for Mike Fosane, was looking for uh, success stories of people that had bought his uh, Butterfly Marketing course. Right. So so he, I started telling him what I was into and what I was doing and how many cookbooks we had sold, you know, self-published over the years and how we built up this big community of uh, people sharing um, copycat restaurant recipes. And he said, you know, this is an even better story than, than Phil Same. You know, he, he the media would love to hear about this. So... Me and him agreed on a, on a deal, and we started working together, and we started thinking about ideas, different angles that we can uh, approach the press with. And the one angle at the time was, uh, you know, I had, this was uh, 2008, so I'd already quit my job at right. Morgan, and I was doing the stuff full time, building websites and different niches, not just cooking. But he, he, uh, we came up with the uh, spin to kind of to tap into something that's already famous and kind of leverage that and build a story off of that. So the original story was, um, you know, Wall, former Wall Street manager, you know, quits his job in these difficult times and devotes his uh, his, his life to uh, to cooking. 
you know, it's kind of That's like, a great hook because 08 was really the correction year. That, yeah, that, so exactly. the timing couldn't have been better. And that's a great, I mean, that's a great hook. I love it already. Exactly. So we approached the media, started putting our press releases with that. He started contacting people that he knew. We were right here in New York City, which is the you know, media capital. Of the Absolutely. So we uh, got Fox Business to um, put us on the air for that story. And they were the first person to actually put me on for that particular, uh, you know, to promote the cookbook. And does media uh, spawn media, Ron? I mean, it, it seems to me like once, it seems like there's always a mushroom effect. Um, is that what ended up happening here? Because I, I, I was going to ask you what the first I saw on the page that you were I, uh, Fox and Friends. In fact, I think when I was on the Warrior Forum at the time, you, somebody actually mentioned Ron Douglas is on Fox right now, live or something. I think that's where I first heard about it. And um, did you find that that once that occurred, that it started happening, or did you proactively keep hitting releases and so forth? Right. Well, once you get on one uh, major network, it's a lot easier to get other people to listen to you. Right. You know, you start building up your publicity resume, so to speak, you know, and you start catching okay. that to different shows, you know, because people want to show... They want a proven commodity. Yeah, they want a proven commodity. They want to see that other people wanted you, you know. So once someone else wanted you, they're like, well, I'll put this guy on too, and they can look at your uh, fast, you know, appearance and say, okay, well, this guy's pretty good. I can put him on. So that really opened up a lot of doors, and it also opened up a major door, which was... Uh, pitching the, the book to book publishers. So right. right after that interview, we ended up signing a deal with Simon & Schuster to sell the book. And if you look at what had happened, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling people they can make their own restaurant recipes at home, and we're right, right. in the middle of the recession. So it was really the perfect timing because I'm teaching them how to save money. And I already have a, had a proven track record of having a demand for this book and already had a following from all the books that I sold self-published. So they really jumped on the idea. And it really, you know, within a, a few weeks of them seeing the proposal, seeing the, uh, you know, the book idea, they, they came back and offered me uh, an advance of $100,000 just to uh, sign a book deal with them. And that's crazy money for, for somebody who hasn't written up. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I don't know how many people out there are familiar with the publishing business. That's not really common. For yeah, for, exactly. for someone who's I mean you're not Stephen King, right. and <laughs> or, or somebody like that, and that's that's a that's a very large advance against royalties I assume or however they structured it, but that that's a that's an incredible advance for somebody really that hasn't. Um, it, it, I mean obviously they they're they're not idiots, but you, nonetheless you it's not like you had twelve books to your name out, right? So that's right. really amazing. Yeah, exactly. But what I did have is a proven track record and a mm -hmm. brand already in terms of, uh, you know, online and people following me online and buying the cookbooks online. So they figured if you could sell it online, you know, we'd make a killing with this thing. So, you know, I had that credibility already. And, I, you know, I, I, I was able to prove that the media wanted it as well because I had that one appearance on Fox Business. And I had a couple of, like, smaller like Long Island Business Journal and things like that, local newspapers that picked it up as well. So that really helped me get the book deal with them. And once I got the book deal with them, you know, the book was uh, coming out July 2009, and that's when we sat down and came up with the angle for the KFC story. 
and uh, the publicist had a friend that uh, worked at the New York Post, and we went to them and said, listen, we've cracked the code on KFC's secret recipe, and I made it clear that this is my version of it. I, you know, I don't know what the sure, right, right, right. Because it's right. I understand that. Mine I'm sure, really but you know what? A little controversy doesn't ever hurt either. And I'm sure there's haters out there that, well, he didn't really, you know. But that's all good too. People, you got to realize, whenever you start getting this massive press, you are going to get some negative comments about it. It's just, but you know what? Uh, you know, that's that's just the nature of the beast. And and again, I think that that hook you're talking about uh, is is. That's where I probably would have gone immediately myself, because again, the, the KFC was marketed as the secret, you know, this and that for so yeah. many years. Yeah, that that to me, it's, that. it's a natural hook. Right, right. So we came out with that. A reporter came to the house, and uh, you know, my wife pretty much charmed him. <laughs> and we, absolutely, I made made the uh, my version of the uh, chicken for him, and he. He liked it. He really liked it. He, and he reported that it was the best KFC he ever tasted. So that was his. He kind of put his stamp of approval on it. And then once he did that and it got into the paper, it was official. You know, the well, media. It's over then because see, you have wrote an ad been and 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 paid money, and nobody's going to take that seriously. Well, they might. I mean, but but it doesn't have the credibility. But when you've got a reporter that you know comes over to your house and says it's the best KFC he's ever had. Uh, you, you can't put a price tag on that. And that's what I'm trying to get people to understand. Um, the difference between a story, you know, being written up about you, you know, as opposed to a paid ad. It, it's night and day, people. It really is. Oh, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. You know, it's like kind of like the difference between hearing that a movie is good from somebody that you know, like a friend that's seen it, and seeing an ad saying that the movie is good, you know? It's, it's right, like four it's, stars, and it's, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the movie sucks. It's at least three times as much, you know, as a, as a paid ad, you know, a direct endorsement from a media source with nothing to gain from it, you know, is worth a lot more, definitely. Exactly, and then, you, and, and, if, and then of course, if, you, if it's a credible, you know, the people that, well, whether you like Fox or not, or CMB, whatever the hell it is, the people that watch it and are loyal to it right. are going to that that is a you know that's an endorsement right and again you're 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 leveraging the credibility of a major television network or the paper and the people that are passionate about the paper i mean there's people i mean it's just the way it is in this country um you know if you you know, there's there's the left papers, the right papers, the you know the conservative, the whatever it is. But whoever reads it, that's the, when when someone comes out, they're putting a spin on on something that the readers are going to jump on, or they wouldn't be reading it to begin with. I mean, you know, people liberals aren't reading the the conservative papers and vice versa. So people are reading what they want to read, and and I don't. It's just incredible. Uh, um, I think, the, and, the, and, and I think what everybody needs to really break down is what you did here, as far as this hook. You know, you're in New York. We're in. We're in. I don't like the word recession because I don't buy into them. I call them corrections. But '08. Um, you know, you work for J.P. Morgan. You're in New York. The market's tanking, and you quit your job to do something. And then, then you put this radical. You don't quit your job to go be a plumber. You go into the cook. You know, I mean. That, what I think people need, try to explain to people what gets the press interested. It, they, it, 
they're not really, I think where most businesses that go wrong, and I see it all the time, is they open up a business and they write a press release that says, Jake's Plumbing and Jake's Chop Shop and Plumbing it just is open for business. And, it, and nobody cares. Right. And I think what you've got to do is you've got to put a hook into the current news. I mean, I used to use the Paris Hilton example. I said, you know, she gets robbed for $2 million in jewels, and you're a, you know, an alarm company. You spin that. You spin the news of the day because that's what the, the press doesn't care about you. They want something that interests their readers. And too many people put out press releases that I call me-centered, selfish press releases. And that's a kiss of death. And in your in your case, your thing was a human interest story, and the residual effect was you had, you know, it wasn't a hard sell of the product. In other words, it was it was a human interest story that was compelling. You know, stockbroker quits his job, does this, and that's where people. And by the way, uh, am I, this can be applied to other things than just books, correct? I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah, the you, concept you, works you, for you anything. Anything. And it, you definitely, you, you hit it on the head. You know, it's a human interest story is something that you don't hear every day. It's uh, tapping into something, leveraging something that's already famous, which I guess was Wall Street. Sure. Time, Wall Street. And it's, it's something different. And it, it, it is all about ratings, and it's all about what people want to read. And they don't want to read something typical that they hear about all the time. They want to hear something extreme, something different, something like, wow, he really did that? I can't believe he did that. Like, if you look at the guy... That uh, you know, he was the uh, male stewardess and jumped out the uh, loved it. The, yeah, the, yeah. The airplane. You know, it's something people want to read about. Like, oh, you know, and they were cheering him on. It's stuff Absolutely. like that. Financial stories that really get the uh, the press, and it's all about what people want to hear. It's not about what you want to sell. You could actually sell a lot of things as a residual of getting a lot of people interested in your story. Exactly. But you have to focus on what people want to be reading and, and what gets ratings. So it gets your foot in the door. Exactly, and most people do it backwards. Unfortunately, I see a lot of press releases, and 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 they're just they're done. It's interesting. I'm sure you've heard the name the first time, and I I got I must have been a, I probably was a kid because Carson was still on. Um, but I, I I butcher this guy's name, but I think it's Paul Hartunian. Right, Paul well, Hartunian. He's one of the. This was this was such a brilliant idea. Um, the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, they were demolishing it or something here in New York. You probably know more about this than I do. But he has literally, off that one idea, and for those who don't know, and you, I know you know the story, Ron, um, it was something, in fact, man sells Brooklyn Bridge. Well, what he was doing was selling, like, splinters of the actual Brooklyn Bridge right. um, after they demolished it, and it got mentioned on Carson. And Johnny Carson's show, during his opening monologue, I don't know if he was a guest on the show or Carson just mentioned it, but back in the day, if Carson said it, I mean, the the sales went through the roof. He had spun his entire career as a publicist and as a, every, everything off that one idea. And it, the media just jumped all over that thing right. because it was funny almost. Right. Um, I assume you're familiar with that. That's one of the you know more famous stories on the power of uh, the media because they just I mean that was massive. Yeah, and if you look at what he really did, you know, there's an old saying that's really part of pop culture that you know if you believe that. Uh oh. Okay. 
Ron, I lost you there, buddy. Let me hit the switchboard. I hope that's not my phone. I'm going to check the switchboard here. Peeps, this is where... All right. Well, Ron, you're still on there. Let me see if I can get you back. Are you... Hello? Yep, I got you. I don't know what the hell happened there. They hire people outside with little switchers to jack with my show, you know, probably. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's the haters you were talking about at the beginning. Oh, yeah, no, there's always haters out there. Yeah, <laughs> It's funny, though, the haters all listen to the show. So, unfortunately, yeah, no, no, we got I, mostly I good. I um, yeah, uh, you were in the middle of pop culture. That saying, you know, people, they, they've been saying for years, if, if you believe that, then I'll sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. You right. Know, that's a, a saying that goes back years and years. Well, actually, he came through and actually did it. So that made a big story. Like, wow, this guy's actually selling the Brooklyn Bridge. It, it, and like I said, has spun a career off. That's what's so incredible about the press. There, it, it's amazing. There's certain people that are famous for for no other reason than being famous. I right. mean, they don't have necessarily any talent. I'm not referring to him, but I'm saying when the press jumps on you, I mean, it's it's. It, 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 I can't stress it enough for people. I, I think a lot of it, you know, I mean, the old saying uh, by, you know, uh, Reese and Trout, differentiate or die, I think is so true. What, I mean, if you were, say, I've got a young lady I know that has um, a book on poetry, which, again, that's a, that's a, it's a tough sell. Now, the difference is this stuff is so brutally, it's it, you either want it. It's beautiful, but you want to slash your wrist after reading it at the same time. I mean, she really writes well. I have already told her that, you know, you throw a book up on poetry, you're not going to it, – it, it, it's a tough sell. Let's be realistic. I said, were I – you know, if it were me, I said, I right now would be thinking of a hook to, you know, get that. Because I don't care if it's the dullest product in the world. That could be the hook in itself. Um Right. I mean, I've actually seen that. Uh, the world's dullest man uh, does this or that. I mean, talk a little bit for the newbie who says he's got a book inside them, and it may be, and in this case, poetry. Let's be honest, that's a tough, that's not even a niche. I don't even, I mean, it's a, but that doesn't mean it can't sell, because in, if, if she puts a hook on her life or comes out and says, uh, I don't want to give away the identity of the person, but a friend of mine, um, the uh, I think she would be able to sell because I, I don't see anybody else doing it. They write they right. write a book of poetry, they put it up, they sell two copies to their friends, and right. they're frustrated. Um, there, I would submit that there are ways to use the press that could get the thing sold. Um, and right. you want to talk a little bit about advice you give newbies on on something like that, or if they have a, a we'll just use a book as an example. But anything, right? Well, you know, people buy poetry, and you need something interesting related to the poetry. And she needs to try to establish herself as some type of, uh, you know, master poet, like world's best poet or something. One thing she could do is tap into an existing story that's hot. Like, say, for instance, if she um, she could be become known as the the poet that well, she's a she's a mother with a lot of kids. Like, say, for yeah. instance, like the, right now, Egypt is hot, right? Right. The dictator over there. Imagine if she did a, a poem 
about the events going on in Egypt, and it was really touching, a touching poem, and it's all over the Internet, and all of a sudden, you know, the media wants to pick it up and let her say that poem because it's so relevant to what's going on. You know, maybe exactly. I even end their show with that poem, you know, for people that, you know, that's just one example. You tap into what's hot, and you put your own little angle on it, and you, you know, put your expertise out there and leverage that particular story. And a lot of people don't realize they have compelling stories. I mean, in their in their own right, that's interesting. I mean, you know, like I said, um, who's, who's the other one that got? I mean, you know, you could be. It's like I don't know a plumber. You can. There's a hook for anything. Um, you know, plumber saves cat or so, what, whatever it is. Something in your life. And what you say is so true. The the predominant story on the news right now is Egypt. Now, if I'm in social media right now, I'm jumping all over this because, you know, James Jones actually brought this up and it's pretty interesting. He said two years ago on my show that Facebook was going to cause a lot of problems and there were going to be dictators who weren't going to like that thing because it disseminates information very quickly. Right. If, and, and then you have David Bullock, who's a brilliant, brilliant marketer, and a guy I think really he used to work for DuPont, um, studied Taguchi marketing. I mean, the guy's so just brilliant. But he broke down the Barack Obama campaign. Uh, it's called Obama 2.0, and it, it 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 was so relevant at the time. And he shows how social media played such a predominant role in him getting elected, and it was so fascinating. And right now, I mean, the the hook with Egypt is, I mean, in fact, 60 Minutes tonight, the whole story was about Facebook and how it led to this revolution. And these are things that, like I said, the Super Bowl, uh, anything that's current in the news that you can tie your business into, and your mind has to be able to make that switch. You've got to be able to say... They're talking about this, how, and it may be totally unrelated, but if you go, if you just take a little time, you can hook almost anything to the news of the day. Like I said, yeah. if some famous celebrity gets robbed and you're in the, you know, alarm company, there you go. You know, you know um, if, 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 you know, one of the surviving members of different strokes uh, gets busted with a gram of Coke and you run a rehab center, there's your hook, you know, we, you know, I mean, I'm using examples, but I think that's what you're talking about. I mean, I think you've got to, and, you know, in the case of, like, the the girl with the poetry, she's got a lot of children. Um, that in itself is interesting. Um, she's, you know, got a lot of unique characteristics, and I'm if, you know, she can get over the shy act, Right. Um, I think she can put herself out there, and and then the the residual effect will be sales of the, of the book. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. if she put out a real real touching poem about the events in Egypt, and you know that really inspired people, and actually made a YouTube video out of it, put it out on YouTube, and tapped mm-hmm. into those keywords, those the Egypt related keywords. Yep. I bet you she can get media attention for that. That's a great idea, right there, too. And 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 her hook is now you are the stock. Well, this is this, you know this is a mother with uh, you know uh, uh, a, a lot of children, right? And um, pretty much raises them on her own. That in itself is a hook. Yeah, you have the human um, story right there. 
Uh, she's, I mean, she's got human interests all over it. I mean, it's, and it's frustrating for me because it, 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 sometimes it's, it's easier being on the outside looking in than, than, you know, doing it the other way. So I see a lot of things that she can't, you know, same way you can see the story that others can't. They can't make the connection. But uh, I think Egypt is a great um, example. Um, what, what do you, in ter- you mentioned the publicist. Say somebody's starting out, do they have to, what, what steps do, were there, are there, let me put it like this, are there steps that could shorten based on your experience the curve? I mean, you went, you know, you started out, you know, back early, I mean, back in 01 or 02. If somebody's starting out today, are there some steps they could skip that you did and, and shorten up the curve a little bit? Um, you know, say they've got a product out. Um, in terms of um, of taking advantage of the media, uh, throw just a few ideas out there. Talk a little bit about the press release, uh, the type that works and the type that is doomed to fail. Right. Well, I always tell people, you know, if they have a product out there, you know, to, to, the best way to establish credibility, because that's what the media wants. They want credible source. To okay, so credibility worst is thing, paramount. Worst thing for okay. the media is to bring somebody on and the guy doesn't know what the hell they're talking about, you know, right. and, and they have no credibility and, and people look at them like, why would you have this guy on? You know, they, they want to cover their own ass. So they want to have you to have that credibility. So the easiest way to do that is to have a, a, a book, a physical published book out. You could do it self-published. You know, yep. and all that requires is, you know, you come up with 15 uh, different subtopics related to your, your main topic, and you you either write yourself or have someone ghostwrite 10 pages on each topic, then, you know, 150 pages, you have a book. Or you could just do an interview. You have someone interview you and then have that transcribed and then give that to a, a ghostwriter to... That's how I'm doing my book, actually. I... I... I am doing it audio. And by the way, people, a lot of people don't know you can do that. You can talk right in. In fact, the old Writer's Digest, they used to have the, the people that did that. Uh, you just talk it into a tape recorder. They transcribe it, and then you just basically have someone edit it, and it's done. Right. So now, once you have that book out, self-published, I mean, the media is not even going to read your book, to be honest with you. Nope. They just want to know you have that credibility so they could say, you know, author of the book you know, such and such on this particular topic. So you have a book on that topic. Then you can approach different media, so put out press releases, whatever story is hot related to your product, related to your book, you can kind of raise your hand as a subject matter expert on that topic and contact the media saying, listen, I have a book related to this. I'm an expert on that. I'd like to come in and say a few words on it, you know, and put your own little spin on that topic. You could, uh, you know, if there's a, a strong... A belief about a certain topic, you can come in with something that contradicts what that belief is. You know, that, that always creates a, a newsworthy story. You know, somebody right. believes that, you know, low-carb diets are the thing or something, and you come in saying that they're the worst thing you could do if you're like some type of doctor or something, and it's really bad for your health. So that you counter, like, yeah, that's, that's another great way of going about it, counter the status quo, exactly. which I love doing, contrary and go the other way. I mean, uh, it, that that that's a great you know ninety five percent of the people are saying this is the greatest thing than sliced bread. You immediately have positioned yourself off the jump street if you take the other way because right. you're standing you know a bowl of blue marbles and you're red. 
that in itself can get you some publicity. Right, and you have the credibility. You're an author. You publish right. a book, and they have to mention your book. They love to bring on people with books because, you know, it's instant credibility. Even they, they don't even read your book, trust me. Oh, no, I, I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt about and And the thing about it is there's no excuse for anyone not to do it. It's not like the old it's like uh, it's like video now I mean back in the old days I mean you shoot video i mean you can do the create space what i mean they got all i mean it's not difficult anymore to do, and not only that they'll throw you an i s b n number up there they'll throw it up there on you know amazon i mean it's so nobody really has an excuse as far as that goes. I think where people fail is they put out you know their they, I, I think almost any subject can work, but if you and if if you are going to go broad, you better really have, like you say, you better have a hook and you better um, take advantage of the current events. And the fun thing is, people say, well, what happens when the Egypt story dies down? Well, then you just hook your book to the next story. Yeah, I mean, I mean angle for stories related on what's hot, even related on what's hot currently in the media or related to something famous that everybody is interested in that could, you know, they know what it is as soon as they hear it, and then you could just leverage that and put your story out there next to it. And that just spawns more stuff, because then you could say, okay, now I've been mentioned here, and then you're basically building up, a, and that, that resume just starts mushrooming, and then next thing you know, you've got a, a, you know, been written up here, you basically have a press kit, I mean, and, it, and it's, and I think where do where does the average newbie go wrong with these? You know, you got uh, like PR Web, and they slap a press release up. It appears to me that again, it's not. I think the biggest thing about what people have to understand about a press release. Correct me or give me your thoughts on this. Newsworthy, newsworthy, newsworthy. And if you could turn your press release into a self-serving advertisement, it's going. It, it's just not going to work. Oh yeah, no. Uh, people don't want to be. You've got to subjugate your product. ego on your product. Hold on, they want to be sold on why your story has appealed to their their readers and their listeners and their viewers. So you know, PR Web is a good site to get your stuff out there. It's good for backlinks and all that. But really, FDO, sure. Yeah, really, you want to uh, start building contacts with the media, and they're always looking for stories. Like every every media outlet has someone that you can contact that that takes stories directly. So it's not just about sending out a press release. Thank you. You can send out press releases. There's services you can use to send it offline, too, to go directly to uh, these media contacts. And I talk about that in uh, in my course that I, I wrote on publicity and on publish, getting Which published. Which is ridiculously cheap, by the way, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that because um, it's, it's incredible. You ended up – this is very cool. Um, you ended up on um, – the Home Shop Shopping Network uh, five times, or uh, yeah, I've been on Home Shopping Network seven times. They seven times down there now. to uh, St. Petersburg, which is where their their office That's is. That's about an hour for me, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've been on there seven times. I've sold out uh, the inventory that they purchased. So they, they they're like a wholesaler. So they'll buy the books from Simon and Schuster wholesale, and they'll sell it retail. And I but you're right on there because I'm looking at a screenshot here where you're actually on the show with the lady. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm on there selling. I went through their sales training, and I'm actually on the air live. I've been on there seven times selling uh, selling that cookbook. And, and they're not bringing you back because the product isn't selling. That's what I was telling people. It's tough enough getting on those. It's so competitive. Um, 
to get on on the shopping uh, channel network. It's so competitive. Everybody wants to be on there. And again, when you're positioned like you've already positioned yourself through the press, um, you made it a lot easier. And you get on there seven times. I mean, uh, you're selling some books, obviously. Yeah. And again, you're getting the benefit of, you know, that's 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 celebrity there too. I mean, we live in a tabloid society where if you're on TV, you're famous. I mean, it it's the way it is. Right. Well, you know, if I if I go to the bar and get get fired up tonight and, and go out and get arrested, I don't think TMZ is going to show up. But <laughs> probably not. Yeah, well, you got to stay away from me then. Well, you not, probably not probably famous, but I'm doing I'm doing all right. You know, I'm selling a, adds a lot of credibility to everything else that I do as well. The whole as seen on on TV thing. What I like to tell people is that you know you don't start by trying to go after, you know, getting on Oprah or something. You start by right. your local your local uh, media, your local paper, your local radio stations, your local uh, news um, outlets, and you contact them first with your story. And then once you build up your publicity resume, you can go after some of the bigger targets. And also, you know, in terms of hiring a publicist, they're pretty expensive, to be honest. Yes. But the value added, I mean, if you hire one for a couple of months, the value added is they have usually have relationships with the right people. So you leverage their relationships, and they're usually experts at coming up with angles for stories that are exactly. that is going to do well. So that's really the value of having a, a publicist. But nobody says you can't learn to do that on your own. No one says you can't find out who the people to contact at these different uh, you know stations are, these different radio stations, TV stations, newspapers. You know They're out there. They're looking for stories all the time. So and I'm going to tell you something. You bring up something like awesome. a flop. It's the old. I, I I say this on my show almost every time. Old school marketing works better today than it did back in the day, and there, there's a simple reason, because nobody does it anymore, or very few. I mean, how many? You know, everybody emails everything. Um, when I go after a client, I send a giant, big box with stickers, and it's ten you know, signature confirmation, and I'm telling you 95% of what I send gets opened. I get past that Pentagon secretary. And when it comes to press, everybody is so – it really comes down to laziness. The the art of licking a stamp is just like, you know, people can't be bothered anymore. (laughs) And when it comes to press, what you're saying, what Ron is saying on a local level, I mean – Pick the phone up. It's not hard. I mean, even these small stations in your hometown, almost all of them have a website. It's yeah. not hard to actually do it that way. Make contact. There's nothing, especially, and you people use the excuse, oh, I live in, you know, Bullhead City or Arizona where the only thing living is an armadillo. Uh, that's, that's even better because they're really starving for, for a story there. And if you have anything... There's nothing a local press loves to talk about more than a local. Oh, yeah. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, yeah, PR Web's fine for, like I said, you know, if you some SEO and some backlinks and stuff. But I think that's where everybody, you know, they just automatically think, well, slap the P. And then they do the, the release wrong because, again, it's more of an advertisement. But I think you've nailed it. Make a relationship with your local paper or your local TV station and, you know, have your book in hand. Tie it into the news of the day and the fact that you're local. I see. I mean, they did an incredible story here about a guy in Tampa who is one of the only guys now who has a car dealership 
that sells electric cars only. Mm. And it went, it hit every, I mean, I was seeing this all over the news. Now, every other dealer, you know, in town is spinning thousands on full-page ads in the Sunday paper. This guy just probably got half a million dollars worth of, of, of press, A, by being a little different, because obviously the electric car goes into this whole green thing we're into, and the fact he's local, and that that's what he was shooting for. Uh because, you know, people aren't driving from New York to go buy this car from him in Florida. So he did it exactly right. He hit all cylinders, you know, electric, you know, the, 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 the environment and the, the pricing is actually good. And it, it was, an, you know, and, he, and I actually spoke to this guy and I said, well, what did you do? And he just basically contacted his local uh, news. We've done it with the restaurant here. Um, you know, if, if there's a big charity event or something. Um, we don't advertise. I mean, everything that's ever been done about us was, uh, you know, one time we won the best hamburger contest. And I'm telling you, it was probably the worst thing ever happened to us because we, we couldn't even keep up with the orders. Uh, that were, the phone was just getting flooded, and, you know, we're a fish house. It was, I mean, this went on for months. And, and eight years later, we're still known as the place that got voted as the best hamburger in the county. It, you, you, can't, you can't put a dollar value on that. I mean, that, that's... You go. I think. I think you make a great point. I think people got to. The, the internet. A huge. Internet is a great medium, but in terms of the press, start out on a local level and then build it up from there. And um, I. Th- and I think people do it ass backwards. I think they jump like you say, try to shoot for Oprah, and, and it's just not going to happen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, the people you see on Oprah are really extreme stories, or either that or they built up their. That, you know, they started local and built up their publicity resume, just like I'm telling people to do here. Sure. You know, so, I mean, it, 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 with, with, as with anything, you know, there's people that take the initiative and actually do the legwork and do it, and then there's people that, that can't be bothered, you know, and there's people that are actually seek opportunities to get free publicity, and there's people that will only capitalize on opportunities if, if they come to them, you know. Exactly. And and the thing about it is the key word is free here. You're getting uh, this is what's so incredible about free press is a it's free and b it's a hundred times more credible than paid. I mean it's like the double whammy effect here. I mean if, if people totally let that sink in, I mean. I don't know. I don't know what kind of money you make, but I'm guessing you probably don't want to write 5.8 million dollars in check for the amount of publicity you've generated. If you look at how much media exposure I got when that, when that KFC story came out, it really created a national buzz for like two or three days, where I was just on everything. I was on Fox, ABC, NBC. You know, people were contacting me. I was on the Today Show in Australia. You know, I was just everywhere. Uh, Good Morning America. It was just a, a story that everyone had to have, and I was just doing interviews left and right. July 2009 was such a, a crazy time for me because practically every day of that month I had an interview with somebody, and it just it made the book a New York Times bestseller. You were the you were the hottest story at one time in the. I think you were ahead of Bob uh, Barbara Bush and Terrell Owens. Um, yeah, how yeah. many did you get? Like, it was really a hot story, you know. This local. Wall how many hits guy. did you get one day? Like it was, uh, it was an ungodly amount of page views. Uh, you know, I, I, they crashed my server. What happened was, I uh, after my interview, I did an interview with um, 
Fox and Friends, and after my interview, the uh, publicist hands me the phone, and he says, uh, you know, just do this interview right quick. And I didn't know who I was talking to. I just answered the question, right. did the interview, and it turns out it was the Today Show on MSN. So they put the story live on MSN with a link back to my site, RecipeSecrets.net, and it was there for like a day and a half just on MSN live with a link back. And I got, I ended up getting over 45,000 new subscribers just from that story and that link from MSN within for a period of press. three days. I'm looking at the page. And by the way, the page is uh, publisheracademy.com uh, slash get publicity. Is that, uh, that's at least what's showing up on my. Um, yeah, no, that's it. Page. Okay, publisheracademy.com slash get publicity. And I do have the link up on my show page. You guys can click. But you got 16.7 million page views in 09. And it's spiked in July. I mean, it's just off the chain. Um, and I'm actually looking at your page. Um, we've still got 15 minutes. There is a, um, and this is not an affiliate link. I know Ron offered me one. As you guys know, I don't endorse much because I don't believe in much. This product, um, and I'm just going to hit you with a few bullets here. Uh, how to create a product the media will love, how to find a niche that has mass appeal but that's not overly competitive. The strategy, Ron, you sell over 50,000 self-published books on his website. Um, uh, you, how Basically how you were able to get the 100,000 advance on your first book deal. And by the way, I don't want people or if any of you naysayers out there think, oh, he got lucky or something, it, it, that's bullshit, that's not the case. The press, as I've told you, and Ron's living proof of it, they're willing to make you rich and famous if you give them what they want. And 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 basically, and you give them a newsworthy story. And I don't care what product you have, there is something you can tie it into. You've got to be a little creative. And uh, this particular. Uh, this particular thing you put together, and I think you got it up to sixty-seven dollars, which is ridiculous. Um, you also got—I mean, what, you want to talk a little bit? I mean, you've got uh, how to get a book published under a week, even if you don't write. Um, uh, you know what—you know what to do to get media attention besides just sending press releases. Um, I mean, you—you got a guarantee. You've got—I mean, testimonials from some. I mean, every—I know all these guys on here. It's the dinner I'm looking at. Uh, um, oh, I got Sean McAllister's up there too. I haven't—I haven't talked to Sean in a long time. Um, this is this is a publicity secrets, and it's basically how I went from an ebook publisher to New York Times bestseller by scoring 5.8 million in free advertising from the media. And this is probably the most comprehensive. Um, Product I've seen, and for the money, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen another PR course that was almost, I think it was six or seven hundred dollars, and it it was not as good as this, not even close. So, um, anybody knows me, this this is a no-brainer. I would, I, I, I don't care if you're in a rock band or you've got a book, you can take advantage. We, we're living in an age where the media is running 24-7 through 65. They're dying to get stories out. And if you want to duplicate, you know, what, what Ron has done, I'm not going to guarantee you can go out and do it to his level or not, but I guarantee you that you can 
uh, implement some of these ideas, you can get free press out there. It is not that difficult. I mean, I, I learned it from the professional wrestling industry the hard way, where you had to fill you know, stadiums for something people knew was staged. And that was a great lesson for me. But talk a little bit about it when we still have some time. I mean, what, what do people get in here? What are they going to learn? Uh, and, and I'm sure this is newbie-friendly. So, Yeah, definitely. It's basically my whole case study on exactly what I did, you know, the, the exact press releases that we used, the angles that we came up with. Because we put out a lot of press releases. It wasn't just, you know, we put out one or two and those got caught on. You know, we put out a bunch of different ones. And I'll show you what worked, what didn't work. I have an interview with my actual publicist where I grill him on everything he knows about, you know, getting publicity. You I'm, know, told that, uh, I'm told that's uh, worth the price of the course. Somebody said the interview was worth the price of the course. Believe it or not, I heard that from somebody. That interview alone was worth it. Yeah, I have an MP3. You could download and listen to it on your MP3 player. Okay. I uh, have uh, uh, contacts for different sources, you know, in the press where – you can just contact the press directly instead of just depending on uh, online wires and stuff. So, in on, online press releases. So, I mean, it's basically everything that I know. I probably could be charging a lot more for it, but, you know, the internet marketing niche is not my main thing to make money online. You actually and, do it, too. You're not, and that's why I like it. That's why I wanted you on the show. Uh, Ron's not an internet marketer, cranks out a bunch of stuff. I mean, you actually do it, and that's the difference. I, 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 I get real. I just don't have a lot of use for people who crank out products on topics they themselves have, you know, don't partake in or have a clue about. This isn't something you're writing. You're not writing a book about something you didn't. You, this is a, this basically product is a live blueprint case study. I mean, this is basically you just going back and showing people exactly what you did to to get the results that you got off. And, and again, it, it's, you know, people can, there's going to be some people say, oh, we got lucky because, oh, it was the recipe thing. But that's not true. I'm saying that you can apply these lessons and these strategies to, to, to anything. It doesn't just have to be a book. I mean, you, I mean, I'm sure you talk a lot about the book, but I mean, if people would get, once you get the idea in your head of how the media works, I don't care what you're in, if you're a brick and mortar, if you're looking just to get fame for whatever your charity, anything. The, the same principles apply. Am I right on that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. If you have a story, if you know how to create angles for stories that the media want and that people want to know about, if you know how to uh, you know, understand what the media wants and understand what's worked in the past and what will continue to work, you can really just leverage the media as your 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 number one affiliate. You know, they, They'll just promote you and send you all type of... Uh, free advertising, and it's really the best way to, uh, you know, promote your site without spending a whole lot of money or promote your product or your band or whatever you're trying to promote. Absolutely. So. I think it's great. It's fabulous because there's so many sites out there. I mean, you got Google Trends, eBay Pulse, um, Turn Your News On, the Sunday Paper. I love you. I, I tell you what, I love Friday USA Today. Because it's like the, you know, coloring book of newspapers. It's not really hard hitting. But what I love about it is, the, that Friday one, is it gives you an overview of everything. It pretty much talks about what's hot, what's going on. Right. I mean, magazines.com. I mean, you know, if there's, you know, find out what, I mean, but, but I like stuff more current. So that Friday USA Today, and you'll see something on technology or something. 
what you got to train your brain to do first off, Ron's going to give you the, the, the actual details and the context and how you go about it. But on a broader level, what you really have to do if you got a product or a business is to take what is already being talked about. If Right now it's Egypt or it was the Super Bowl or whatever. I mean, in 07, it was, uh, they were talking about Prince playing Purple Rain in the rain. I was there. It was like, Jesus, how do you do, how do you pull that stunt off? Um, if you sold electric guitars, what a great hook, because he went through four of them during that performance because it was pouring rain. And, I mean, you, you, anything you see, I mean, you can leverage, and that's the whole key, leverage the news of the day and train your brain to figure out how does my business tie in. Um, Ozamayo has a great uh, exercise. He says, flip the yellow pages open to a business, then flip it open again to another business and find, a, find the connection between the two. You know, um, and, and he's talking more about joint venturing, but it's that same mindset that you have to use um, in terms of what you're talking about, which is just tie whatever it is you're doing into what's hot. Yeah, exactly. And just to, to, to show you the, the power of that, just an example, you know, sure. I spent I spent four or five years selling, you know, 50,000 books and e-books, you know, with my cookbook. I got the book deal and ended up selling, you know, 50,000 copies within five weeks, you know. And today we have over 1.1 million books in print. You know, I ended up doing a second book, you know, between so between the first two books that I've done with Simon & Schuster, 1.1 million books in print, over 950,000 actually sold. And uh, I recently signed another book deal with them. They gave me a $200,000 advance this time, so I'm doing two more cookbooks with them. So it just shows you the power of the, the media and how it just created this opportunity for me and opened all these doors and how much I sold with them as opposed to just trying to do it on my own. I, you're, that, I, I think the, the whole the key here is, is credibility, authority, and leverage. I mean, you have basically let the media lose. The media has basically just turned into your personal sales team. I mean, it's almost funny. I mean, it's like they're out there hustling. It's like Fox and and all these. They're all out there hustling for you. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just a matter of uh, giving them what they want. That's it. And what they want is very easy to find out. Turn your friggin' TV on, people. I mean, mean, it's not... It's not... And those of you who can't do it, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Ron, again, it's, you know, it's, it's real simple. You can, if nothing else, go to the page because just the, 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 this, the compelling, the, the proof section alone just was going to, I'm looking at this stuff and it's like, you got screenshots of like, it's, it's, I don't even look at this as a sales page. It looks more like, a, it's, it looks like a, a friggin' case study. I mean, it's, 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 one of the more impressive things I've ever seen. The story, uh, again, I think I was on the Warrior Forum back then, and uh, I actually mentioned you, as you know, on one of my older shows, because I was getting frustrated with people about PR, and and I said, you know, you probably, some of you out there probably think a guy like Ron Douglas got lucky. It's not luck. It, it was a proactive um, uh, approach, and, you know, just because everybody does things the same way doesn't mean you do them the same way. You got to be different. And uh, again, publisheracademy.com/slash/get-publicity. It is not an affiliate link. I don't do affiliate links, as everybody knows. Go look at the page. If nothing else, you're going to learn something just looking at this page. I mean, that, that's pretty staggering. I mean, um, 
And, again, we're not guaranteeing everybody could go out there and do that, but I promise you, for those of you on a limited budget, I mean, like I said, our guy who sold the Brooklyn Bridge, 20, 30, some years later, he's now a major consultant, and all because of one idea like that. Um, and it's not a fad. It's not a pet rock. What are you basically into now? Where do they find you? I don't know if we got four or three minutes left before that annoying lady comes on, but you do consulting. You do any? What else are you into? Because I know you're not cranking out. I mean, looks to me like uh, you've got your hands full with this, but do uh, you got any other sites or anything you want to? Yeah, rondouglas.com. This is my main okay. site. You know, I publish an email newsletter every so often where I share uh, different tips on, on what I'm doing. I mean, at heart, I'm still an Internet marketer, you know. Even though I'm the New York Times bestselling author and, you know, I've gotten mainstream, uh, you know, success, but I started out just like a lot of people listening. You know, I was an ebook publisher on, on ClickBank that uh, really wasn't afraid to open new doors and travel down a new path and really open up the market and, and uh, do it that way. And really become more than just, uh, you know, the typical, uh, you know, e-book publisher looking for affiliates, you know, just open the market. Right. So rondouglas.com is my main site. You can read about me. You could sign up for my uh, newsletter there. And I have a bunch of projects coming out soon, you know, nothing right concrete. I'm speaking at uh, Yannick's um, underground event on uh, March 3rd as well. Okay, cool, cool. And I'm going to try to put some of that stuff up because um, we got 30 seconds to go, and, man, I should have scheduled another half hour. This flew by. But um, rondouglas.com, main site, publisheracademy.com, get publicity. You can just Google Ron Douglas. I mean, you'll see it's every – I mean, you're all over the place. Bro, I appreciate it. I'm sorry I missed you in Amazon, and i got to give my farewell here. But uh, I appreciate it. I hope people check out the stuff. We, we're competing with Lady Gaga right now, but uh, we're going to have a ton of listeners throughout the week on this. I guarantee you this will be another top five, top three, maybe whatever in marketing. And uh, thanks, Ron. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate um, you having me on, man. Thanks for the time. And I also want to tell you, man, you need to uh, start promoting your own show, man. You could be like the next Howard Stern or somebody. Just well, to- I got, I'm, I'm going to try to suck it up, get, take care of some health issues, and I'm going to do it. Um, guys, as always, may you live to eat the dawn. May all your dreams come true, and may you always remain forever young. And good night, and God bless. Thank you, Ron Douglas. Peace. Good night. Thank you.